If you dig the twisted, admire the outlandish, and are enamored by the unusual, you're in the right place. True crime, the supernatural, the unexplained, now you're speaking our language. If you agree, join us as we dive into the darker side. You know, because it's more fun over here. Welcome to Total Conundrum. Warning, some listeners may find the following content disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> Boo, did I scare you, Tracy? Ah, totally, Jeremy. Hey, Conundrum Crew, welcome to our special Halloween spooktacular episode of Total Conundrum. It's that time of year when things go bump in the night and candy corn reigns supreme. And speaking of sweet treats, we've got a trick-or-treat bag filled with ghostly goodness for you. In this episode, Tracy has been busy chatting with some brave souls who've had eerie encounters with the supernatural. You betcha. We've got some spirited folks ready to share their ghostly tales from the beyond. Get ready to be spooked and amused because things are about to get fantastically funny prepare yourself for some bone rattling laughter as they tell their chilling tales and remember even ghosts love a good joke you're not wrong jeremy so whether you're listening in the daylight or huddled under your covers with a flashlight we promise to entertain and maybe even send a shiver or two down your spine and hey remember halloween is all about sharing the spooky so tell your friends, family, and anyone with a pulse about this episode. Sharing is scaring, after all. And don't forget to like and subscribe. So grab some Goulaid and your favorite candy, unless you're like me, and hide it from Jeremy. Let's kick off our hilarious Halloween ghost extravaganza. Hey, why are you hiding the good stuff from me? <laughs> so not cool, not cool at all. Well, anyways... Whether you're tricking or treating or just sitting at home handing out candy, we're thrilled to have you here for this spooktacular ride. Hang on to your witch's hat and enjoy the show. Stay eerie, Conundrum Crew, and prepare for a ghoulish good time. But hey, before we scared the pants off you, we've got a trick-or-treat for you. Trailers from our partners in crime, Barrel Age Flicks and Zack Solved Mysteries. A big shout out to those fabulous folks for joining forces with us. Hey, this is Ron. Do you like movies? Hey, this is Ragnar. Y'all like alcohol? Hey guys, this is Stu. Do you like punishments? Hey, this is Goot. Do you like cinephiles? Hey everybody, I'm Chase. You guys, do you guys like alcohol poisoning? If you like all of that, then check us out at Barrel Age Flicks or on Apple, Spotify, and all the other platforms out there. Welcome to Zach Solved Mysteries, the most important podcast you'll ever hear in your life. I know enough about most things to be inaccurate about everything. We're not just a podcast, we're an experience. This story f***s, dude. Prepare to have your life transformed because not listening to us could be a grave mistake. You must wake up every day and say, today's the day someone's gonna murder me. We're not just tackling the classic mysteries of the past. We're rewriting history itself. Robert Stack, I think, had dirt on people. 
Forget everything you thought you knew about unsolved mysteries. Or any sort of mystery. Maybe there were giants. Who knows? Who cares? Subscribe now to Zach Solve Mysteries anywhere you get your podcasts. Get solved. Haha, <laughs> mystery solved, my bitches. So now's your chance to give them a real treat and check out their shows too. Hoorah! Hey, Conundrum Crew. Sorry I wasn't a part of this fun episode, but unfortunately I had to work. Adulting sucks sometimes, but on the bright side, I still got to do the fun part of editing the episode. So I will be your narrator in this spooktacular episode. Here's Dawn, a friend of the Conundrum Crew, sharing the spooky stories of her haunted bar, Dawn's Corner Bar in Dundas, Minnesota. Hello? All right, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what was going on. I couldn't get my uh, microphone to work on my computer. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> well, and I dropped my phone in water last night, so I didn't know if it was going to work or not. And I tried it, and it didn't work. And, and oh, I put no. it in the right. Oh, yeah, that's a brand new phone. I just got it. I'm like, shit. Do you have insurance <laughs> or anything on it? Yeah, I do. Well, that's good. Oh, yeah, it's working now, so. Well, that's good. Yeah. That sucks. You pay so much for those <laughs> damn things. I know. I know. This one was well in 100 bucks. I'm like, shit. Oh, I know. <laughs> and then you don't even, you know, it's not even worth keeping your old ones anymore because you get no. so much for a trade-in. And I'm like. Yeah. And then everybody always wants the newest and best. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. That's how I am. Totally. Yeah. So I don't know okay. if you saw my message from earlier, but would you be okay if I record our conversation so I can use some of the stories and stuff on um, the podcast sure. yeah. and then we can advertise? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Awesome. So okay. um, what I was, when I worked at the bar all those years ago as a waitress, I remember there being stories of an old man and a little kid that haunted the girl. bar. Yep, a little girl. And yep. so when I was working at the bar, I remember like weird stuff started happening at my house. And my son was probably about three years old at the time. And okay. so... All, you know, toys would be going off in his room and all these, you know, like I would take batteries out of things that kept going off. And then I could just felt like uneasy and wasn't sleeping. And so, like I said, he was either two or three at the time and he had this little tykes engine. And every morning I would wake up and that engine would be in the middle of his room. Oh, and wow. then I would hear things, you know, the engine had this little oil can that you'd have to like stick down into it and it would make like a glug glug sound. And like you were putting oil into the engine and that engine thing would go off. It would start up. It would do all these things. And this went on for like a couple weeks and then one night I heard this plastic bag like crumpling and, you know, that plastic bag noise that kept going off. And I was too afraid to get up and see what it was. And the right. next morning, the plastic bag was next to the engine and it had in a little girl's hand or a little kid's handwriting a name on it. And I can't remember what the name is. Well, my kids weren't old enough to be able to write. And oh, wow. So I called a friend that was really into ghosts and stuff. And I'm like, you need to help me. I don't know what's going on. I've got to get this thing out of my house. So she came over and she saged for me. 
And then she told me I had to stand there in in our house and say, I'm sorry, you can't be here. You can't, you know, I'll, I have to bring you back to where you came from because I assumed it was from the bar. And that uh-huh. night I drove back to the bar for my shift and I felt like my hair on the back of my neck and everywhere was like standing up on end. And then I didn't have oh, anything wow. else happen again. Oh, that's, I never, yeah, I've never had it like that. But, um, well, the story is she died in, I live upstairs. Oh, do you? She okay. Died in, yeah, she died in a little, or I think they died in, I don't know if it was the, the old guy or the little girl that died. I think it was the little girl. Okay. She died of scarlet fever oh, in so, the room next to my next to my bedroom. Oh, my gosh. So that and was probably... In the late or early or late 1800s, early 1900s. Yep. Okay. Yep. And I keep that door closed. I go out there every once in a while. I, I got two chairs out there. I got a bed. I got it all set up like a room for her. I just leave it there. It's my it's my spare bedroom, but we don't use it. I don't go out there very much. And that's I've never fucked with her or anything. I've just <laughs> left her alone. Um, that's good. Downstairs. We've been downstairs before, and me and Tracy would close the bar up at like three o'clock in the morning, and all of a sudden the TVs would start coming on, the jukebox would just start playing, the lights would turn on. Oh my God. And we felt that she was there, somebody was there with us. Right. And then I used to live out at Bucky's house, and I used to date Bucky, and I used to close the bar by myself. And no way. I'd leave the bar, <laughs> I'd leave the bar, and in the back of my car, I'd feel like there was somebody behind me. <sighs> that is the creepiest feel. And that's what I felt like the whole time I was driving back to the bar. I don't think I lasted much, much longer after that. I was too afraid <laughs> that one of them was going to follow me home again. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I know Linda Mann, when she worked there, she had little dealings with her that the girl would come out and want to play ball. And Linda would say, I cannot play right now. You have to go back. I'll play, I can play later. And she'd go away. She'd bring a ball out and want to play. Oh my gosh. And I Linda remember Linda that. telling stories about yep. that. Yep. Well, and then I know Kevin testing the cop one night, I believe it was him. He came driving by and he thought there was somebody in the building. He came up to the window and there was a face in the window and then it went away. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Seen that well, and so I remember like, okay. some pa- patrons of the bar too, like that one guy that was always there. I think he had dark hair. I remember him telling stories about. I think it was the old man. Yep, yep. I've never dealt with the old man. Um, I've always dealt with a little girl. Okay. With living up here, I have a hallway light that's a motion light. Uh huh. And it comes from coming from the front, the front bedroom that goes out to my hallway into my living room and I can see it through my bedroom. It'll come on every once in a while. It used to, it has not for a long time. <laughs> um, when we first moved here, I was like, okay, this is freaky. I'm like, okay, this guy's walking, these people are walking around my house. Right. And my dogs can see it. Oh, I'm sure staring off into nothing or growling yep. at. Oh. Uh, Jackson, my past Yorkie, he just passed away last year. He would sit at the end of my bed and bark into my hallway when the oh, light would come on. That and, is so um, freaky. No, I just bought two little new dogs, and they're like uh, probably um, three months old now. The old, one can, does it too. He barks it off into the, like the corners of the room. So he must see it. 
but the other one doesn't see it. That is, I don't know how you do it. I mean, I'm sure they don't, they never see. They don't bother you. No, yeah. I they, just um, let them do their thing and whatever. And I, they, I've never had anything moved. Well, that's um, good. Yeah. As, as long as they're not moved. hiding your stuff. And <laughs> no, no, they're not. They're just, they kind of, I think they just make themselves at home here. I think they, they hang out in their room up front. That's where they hang out. And that's their kind that's, of their space and. Yep, and that's what I gave it to him because I shut the door and I said, well, that's your guys' area. Well, that's a good way to share your space. You know, you stay out of my way, I'll stay out of yours. Right, (laughs) yeah. Well, and I remember at the lower part of the bar where the pool table and dartboards or there was pool table and dartboards down there where that old safe is, that wall safe. Yep. I remember always being so creeped out Cleaning, you know, at the end of the night when we'd be cleaning and stuff, I would hate going down there at the end of the night and clean. Yeah, that and, was the old, the old general store. Okay, uh, and I remember, ago, and then it was a bank, and then that's where Jesse James first came, but when he came to Northfield, that's what I thought. I remembered something about that, and I just remember yep. that area. Like I would go there for dart league and stuff, and it wouldn't bother me. Or if I was waitressing while the bar was active. Nothing bothered me, but if I went down there at the end of the night, I cleaned that area damn fast and, you know, would get right. out of there. Yeah. But yep. the other thing I remember is I would never go into the basement. I remember one time I tried to go down there and I went about halfway down the stairs and I was like, nope, I'm just a waitress. I don't switch kegs. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's a dirt floor, stone, limestone wall basement. There is like this one, these old wooden doors over things. There's a wooden door that we keep shut all the time. Okay. And we don't ever open it. And I've opened it before and it's gotten shut. I don't know if they shut it, if they, that's their, their space. It's, like a, it's, an old, it's an old cooler. Okay. And yeah, that's that door stays closed. I, I always say, I always tell everybody, if you go down there, don't go to that room. That's where the ghost lives. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, at least you've <laughs> learned how to divide your space with them. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah. I don't mind. I mean, some lady wanted to come in and do like a seance or whatever thing, trying to get the whatever. I told her no. I said, you know what? Don't bother them. No, Sleep them. they're happy. No, if they're if they're not thing. doing anything that is you know malevolent or anything like that, no, don't stir up the activity. No yep. way. No, I said, no, just let them do their thing. They're fine. Right. Well, and you've got two big conduits, you know, there because you said the the walls down there are limestone, and yep. natural stone is a big <laughs> conduit for the paranormal. And then you got the river across the street too. So. Yep. Yeah. And if they're not, yeah. if they're letting you be and you're letting them be, no, don't, I wouldn't let anybody come in and do an investigation or seance or anything either. No. Before you know it, you're going to have red-eyed demons coming at you from the basement. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Yeah, I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. I think that article was in the Norfield News, I believe. Yeah, I was looking for it online and I couldn't find it anywhere because I thought it had... Or the Fairville Daily News. yeah. I even checked, like, I just was Googling everything I could think of. Um, you know, Haunted Bar, you know, Halloween Edition, you know, Dundas, just Haunted Bars and Dundas, Haunted Locations. I tried Brad's. I tried Don's. Neither of them yeah, came through with anything. So huh. I wonder I know if, L&M is haunted also. Is it? 
Oh, yeah, there's something down there's something down there Pauline's got. I don't know what it is. I haven't heard the real whole story, but I've heard things about it. Well, with it being Halloween, we thought it'd be fun to kind of, you know, cool. do something, you know. I know tonight I'm going to be a, a like co-host on uh, this podcast called The Conversation Cabin, and she wants us all to share spooky experiences. And so I was going to share mine about you know, that little girl following me home. And then it kind of triggered this whole thing. And I was like, well, and then you said you had some stories and I'm like, oh, that would be great for some like bonus content. And oh yeah. And then what, um, go ahead and, uh, give a shout out to your bar. Okay. This is Dawn from Dawn's Corner Bar. We're downtown Dundas. We have a full bar and grill and pool and darts and everything. And you guys still do bands and everything? Oh, we do not. We have a Halloween party this weekend. Do you? Awesome. Well, and I've heard the food there is amazing because when Brad owned it, it, you guys only had, or we only did like the pizzas and stuff. So, yep. No, we have a full service bar grill. Nice. And it's, you guys, from what I've heard, have done a lot of renovations and stuff too. Yep. Oh, yes. We've fixed the place up a lot and there's more to come. Yay. No uh, increase in activity with the renovations? Um, We're just busy, a lot busier. I mean, we got a patio now. Okay. There's, uh, yeah. We got bar bingo on Saturday nights. We're pretty much full all the time. That's awesome. Yep. But when you guys were renovating, did it ramp up any ghost activity at all? Nope. That's nope, good. Nothing. So you really nope. have got that relationship with them, which yes, good for you. <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, especially with living there. I forgot that I had completely forgot that there was a whole other level above the bar, too. Oh, yeah, there's a full house upstairs. That's awesome. Well, it's nice for yeah. you to just be able, you know, nice commute, walk down the stairs to work. <laughs> right, exactly. Yes, it is. Well, thank you so much for sharing those stories and stuff with me. Okay. Yeah, if you actually, if you do uh, record it or whatever, send me a copy of it. Oh, for sure. I'll send you a link. Okay, perfect. That'd be awesome. Yeah, it'll, we'll, uh, I'll get it edited up and we'll, I'll put it on, well, it'll be on all of the like podcasting stream, you know, like you are Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we're on all of those and then okay. um, YouTube and stuff as well. So I'll send you a link to it when we get it edited up and It'll be a fun little segment. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much again. And if you think of any no other spooky stories or if anybody else has any, we want to start okay. doing like a monthly segment of people sharing their ghost stories, whether they want okay. to call in and talk about it or just write them and we read them. So yeah. if you think of anything else or know of anybody else that has any good stories, send them my way. Okay, perfect. Awesome. Oh, thanks so much, Don. You have a great day. Yeah. Yeah, you too, Tracy. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hope you guys enjoyed the story from Dawn and her creepy bar. Next up is Dylan, our son, sharing a hair-raising story about a random psychic encounter. Hey, everybody. We have another special guest on Total Conundrum Podcast for our Halloween episode. We have my son Dylan with us all the way from Columbia, the country, not the city. And he is going to tell us a spooky story that happened to him. Hey, Dylan, how are you? Hey, mom, how are you? I'm doing good. Good. I'm glad you're able to come on and 
share your little spooky story with us. I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. A little bit nervous, but yeah, you're <laughs> happy good. to be here. Just take a deep breath. Just pretend like you're talking to me. So <laughs> you had something happen to you when you were in high school. Yeah. You tell us a little I, bit about it. Sure, sure. So back when I was in high school, I think I was doing 4-H. Maybe maybe I was early middle school. I'm not even sure. I, uh, I was at the Minnesota State Fair and uh, someone had like just pulled me off to the side and was like, hey, this is going to sound crazy. I received pictures from ghosts. I can't talk to ghosts, but I received pictures and uh, I'm getting a calling for you. But at the time, you know, being so young and kind of interested in this stuff, I was kind of like, okay, well, let's let's hear what you have to say. But this is kind of strange. I have no idea who you are. I've never seen you before. So she was just a and, random person that was at the state fair that pulled you aside. Just a random person. Oh, never, my. never have seen her. It's crazy, crazy. Yeah. And so she starts getting in, telling me that, that she's getting, getting these pictures of of my my grandma's house. And she, she starts describing the place where my grandmother's house is in kind of like the middle. And we've got this big U-shaped driveway. And on the, on the right-hand side of this uh, U-shaped driveway, the, the house being in the middle, is this big barn where I, at the time, I had a bunch of baby goats and you know, I, had, I had all kinds of animals. But I'm losing my train of thought. So the baby so, goats you were raising for 4-H, right? Or was that the sheep? Right. That you, or I couldn't remember. I know you did the sheep and chickens and ducks and all all of the things. And that's why you were out there quite often is because they had the farm. We lived in town. And so you had these baby goats that were just, you had just got these pygmy goats or a pygmy goat that was pregnant, right? No, no. At that, that was that time, a different goat? That was a different goat. These were the boar goats. So this was like right at, this must have been my last year of 4-H. So okay. I would have had sheep at the fair. And the baby goats would have been after this. Okay, because it was more in the winter that you had the goats and stuff, right? Or no, this would have been before that. I'm sorry. Okay. I don't even remember, mother. Well, it's, you know, I can't remember what I had for dinner last night. So, (laughs) (laughs) but so anyway, she Um, was describing all of these things, the house kind of, and then you said that she described the driveway, kind of go on from there. Yeah, and then she had also mentioned that there was this, or that there was a window looking out of the attic and it just so happened that that window faced the barn. So yes, this would have had to have happened beforehand or the year before, or the first year I had goats because at the time I instantly like connected and was like, I know exactly what window she's talking about because I would always feel that there was someone watching me when I went out to go check on the goats because at that time it was, it was January and the, the goats were being born in the middle of the night. So every two hours I would take the goats, the new goats that were born in a laundry basket and put them into the basement and then take the goats that were in the house back out in a laundry basket and give them back to their mothers so they could eat and, and stuff. to eat and stuff and to give them some warmth right out of 
out of that cold. And but it was so strange because I took the longer path in which I guess more people would or the average person would probably say that that's a scarier path going around the barn and going to the backside of the barn to go into the basement because I always felt like someone was watching. So you were trying just, to avoid the the gaze of who whatever was giving you that uneasy feeling basically. Exactly. You felt safer taking the longer route than you would have the shorter route. Exactly, exactly. Okay. But never understood it until right. this woman told that there's this woman that sits in a rock or an older lady that sits in this rocking chair and looks out that window. And then she goes, she went silent for a little bit and came back and goes, you have to put the rocking chair in the dollhouse back. How creepy. And at the time, you know, I kind of was like, what is she talking about? Like now I have no recollection of what she's saying. I don't connect with any of it, but immediately after me and my friends were like you gotta call your my friends like you gotta call your grandma you gotta call your grandma so i called my grandma and she tells me or i asked her at the time i'm like what what's going on what are you doing around the house and she goes someone i don't remember who it was but she she had said someone just helped me move the the rocking chair out of the the background (laughs) or sorry (laughs) the room um let's see here where so, was i sorry mom somebody helped her move so she tells me that she had just moved the rocking chair and the dollhouse from the attic and immediately i was like oh my gosh like this lady is for real <laughs> wow that and, is crazy so whatever spirits are up in that attic were so mad that they were reaching out to you, what, 45 minutes to an hour away to try to get in touch with your grandma to put those things back because your grandma is probably so stubborn in the head and doesn't believe in that stuff that they maybe no, tried to communicate with her directly, and she's like, la-di-da-di-da. <laughs> she says nothing's wrong with that house. <laughs> she's crazy. I know for a fact there's things wrong with that house, but that's an, her being crazy is a whole other story. <laughs> well, and, uh, yes. <laughs> this would be my, my ex-almost uh, mother-in-law, so we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> well and you know it was it was interesting too that after this my uh, my good friend's uncle i think his name was keith was really really into history Mm -hmm. and he took a look at the history of the house and now this this house has a ton of history maybe you can go more into that definitely Um, Well, basically, this house is a very old, it's a beautiful, beautiful home. And it resides out in the country on the outskirts of Northfield. It used to be owned at one point by a former senator and governor, Edward J. Thai. Edward John John Thai, I believe. And he actually died in that house in, I think it was 69? Is that what I said when I looked it up? Oh, I'm not sure. I think it was 69. So he died in the house of emphysema in 69. 
And with when your grandparents, like when the first time I went out there when I was dating your dad in high school, uh, you know, they had this big wrought iron archway that goes over the driveway. And I think, is that still there? Or is it that, is, it okay. is. So there's a big. It was, it was knocked over by a, 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 storm a truck hauling something okay. once. No, it was a truck hauling something. Okay. Hit it. And then they redid it. Okay. So yeah, there's this big, beautiful, you know, wrought iron archway. And it just says the former home of Edward J. Thigh. Our former home of Senator and Governor Edward J. Thigh, or something like that. And back when he lived there, it was a dairy farm. And I think they also had Thigh Orchard, too, didn't they? Because there's an apple orchard out there. Right. So I think it was Thigh Orchard. And then when uh, your grandparents bought it, and I don't know, I want to say it was in the 80s when they bought it, they switched it over to White Barn Orchard. And now you were saying that... Chris, um, your friend Chris's uncle was looking into some of the history and he found that there was more people that died in that house too, correct? I think he, if I remember correctly, he had mentioned that I'm pretty sure Edward J. Thighs, one of his wives had died in that house as well. Okay. And I really don't remember how we got into this, but we came up with a theory that she was jealous and was very much watching everything that went, um, went Edward on J. around the property. Yeah, yeah. That, that went around, went on around the property, and may have been frustrated because he remarried. Okay, so this house also—I don't even know what year it was built, but it's very, it's very old. It's still beautiful. It's been redone and many additions put on, but the I know the kitchen well, and the basement area and the stairway going upstairs that was the original part of the house and this house actually has two separate upstairs because the one side on the kitchen side ended up wasn't that for the slaves and stuff at one point yeah and i for if i remember correctly too the the slaves were very well treated it wasn't like it wasn't like the slavery that was going on in the south right and the the uh, but I think there was a separate house for them. Oh, I wonder if what, it was that um, house that was by house. the pool. Because, yeah, when your yes. grandparents moved in, they filled in the pool. They didn't want that. I remember that. Them telling me about that. I wasn't around back then. But, I mean, I was around, but not around them. <laughs> um, yeah. But there was also, when they bought the house, There wasn't it Oscar, I think his name was, he was the house worker and he, he came with the purchase of the house. He came with the purchase of the house. I remember in high school going out to your grandparents' house, you know, when your dad was living there and stuff. And I got introduced to Oscar and I had no idea who he was, but your dad basically said that he came with the house. <laughs> Could he have died there as well? I think he actually, if I remember correctly, he died in a he nursing left. home. Okay. I think he okay. died in a nursing home. I had completely forgotten about him. It just triggered in my, my memory banks right now when we were talking about the slave quarters and stuff. So this house, like Dylan, you were saying when we were talking earlier that the barn actually isn't built with nails. Yeah, no, the, the barn is so old that they built it with wood pegs. Or the Amish built it with wooden pegs. And that's crazy. And there's a lot of outbuildings and stuff out there. And... 
So I wanted to just touch base a little bit. So Dylan was talking about this rocking chair that got moved up to the attic. And that rocking chair used to reside in the living room. Well, there's like, what, three living rooms in the house? Yeah, I think there's three or you could call it two dining rooms and two living rooms. Yeah, (laughs) there's, like I said, lots of additions and stuff onto the house. So this would be more of like the family living room and it's like where the fireplace was. And so one night... I lived out there after I had Dylan. He was just, you know, maybe six to nine months old. Anyway, uh, you were having a rough night. You just weren't sleeping. You were really restless, kept waking up. And I was the only one home with you. And I'm not sure. I think maybe everybody else they left on vacation or something. I can't remember. But I was in the house alone with you. And I went out to the living room and I was sitting in the dark and I was rocking you. And above the fireplace mantle, there was a light that pointed up and there was a piece of artwork up there. And that light kept turning on and off and on and off. And it's like I would like look away from it and then it would, you know, turn on. And, you know, it was just really, really creepy. And it just freaked me out. I had a lot of different creepy things and feelings in that house. But that was like the one interaction that like really scared me. And I ended up running into my bedroom, which was that room next to the kitchen. So it was on the older side of the house, on the main floor, where this was occurring was the new side of the house. And I found out that not too long before that, your grandparents had taken down, there was a picture of Edward J. Thigh that used to hang above the fireplace. And they had replaced it with a different piece of art. And it's so interesting. And all of the activity that we've experienced is always after something has been changed there. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, it's a cool property. It's a beautiful house. But you were saying that one night you were sleeping there and you had something happen or you were hearing something. So, yeah, no, this is when when I had the baby goats there, the the first night that I went and slept in what was supposed to be my room, I lasted maybe two, three hours. And I just felt like I kept hearing little children running around and playing and going back and forth in the hallway. And in the hallway is where the attic, like the stairs come down to get up to that attic. Okay. Uh, and... Uh, I uh, so scared after that night that even that night I grabbed my blankets and pillows. I put the space heater in the kitchen and uh, I slept on the kitchen floor. I don't know why. Even every single night I was there and grandma worked nights. So I was there by myself. Every night I slept on the kitchen floor because I was too scared to sleep anywhere else. Well, honestly, (laughs) thinking back when you're saying that, I never had any bad feelings or uneasiness in the old side of the house. Everything that happened or feelings that I had all occurred on the newer side. Same. That's the same thing that happened with me is even because that room, but that was supposed to be my room where I heard those children running and playing. Was the newer side. Was on the newer side. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Because usually it'd be like the, the older side that has more history. I never really had anything weird or uneasy happen over there. That's crazy. Well, and then you were also talking about a time that you had brought some friends out there 
you were telling me this story as well. You got to you got to share this story. This is crazy. So at the time after the, the goats got older, I was done spending the night there. Like if I didn't have to be there, I wasn't staying there. But my two friends at the time, Sadie and Shay, did not believe anything I was telling them about this house. So one night we went out there and uh, it should be noted, too, before I go into this, there was a mobile home on the property, a trailer home that was rented out to another couple. They, I mean, it was not close, but not far either. I mean, I don't know how how far do you think the distance the two houses were? Oh, probably not even. Well, I would say maybe 50. A half a block? No, not even. Because they were not that far back from the driveway and the sun porch wasn't that far back from the driveway either. So I would say maybe 50 50 feet apart, maybe 75. You you could probably yell front door to front door. (laughs) You probably could, yeah. So we ended up showing up there and when... When we got there, my friend Sadie was like, I'm leaving the keys in the ignition and made it very clear that in case we run out, we don't want to drop the keys. There was a dog, Opus, that lived there. St. Bernard's sweetest dog. And it was silent. Sweetest, sweetest dog. I loved Opus. But she never barked. She was silent, silent. And very, very rarely did she bark. We ended up going in and we walked through the old part of the house into, I guess, that first living room. I don't know. Was that the newer part of the house, right? The first living room? Because after the the first living room, so where your bedroom was? After the kitchen? Nope, that's in the old part of the house. No, no, no. Nope. So the next room. So you go through that little hallway. Yep. So, okay, so we sat down on the couch on the new part of the house. Within maybe 30 seconds, my friend Shay started running out of the house, claiming that she's being choked. At the time, you know, I'm, I was just got scared because she was running out of the house. I didn't feel nervous or and did anything. They, did they know about the occurrences that you had had there before? I had told them, I'm sure. Okay. Um. I'm sure I had told them. No, I had to have told them because they didn't believe me Okay, that this stuff was going on. So then I brought them to the house. To see if anything uh, would happen. To see if anything would happen. And so when Sadie or when Shay starts running out of the house, Sadie immediately follows and I immediately follow all, both of them. Well, we get to the car and the keys are not in the ignition. What? <laughs> and... The dog is standing very far from the house, just barking at the direction of the house. He's in between us. So like, so he's like protecting you from the house. From the house. There yep. we go. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. And her barking brought the attention of the neighbor, the guy that was living in the mobile home. Right the next renter. There, yeah. Next to the renter. And he he came out asking what was going on. So we explained to him what was going on. We told him that we left the keys in the car. The keys are not here. So he offered to come in and help me find the keys. So I go in with him to help find the keys. And, you know, I explained to him, you know, like we were, we never went upstairs. So we're, we're looking all downstairs. We don't see him anywhere. And yeah, I remember he like stood over by the stairs and he goes, you sure you never went upstairs? And I'm like, no, we never went upstairs. He points and goes, the keys are on the edge of the railing oh, upstairs. My 
God. <laughs> Every time I get this story, I just get chicken skin. So, so scary. Total goosebumps. And you guys did not go upstairs. That's the crazy thing. But never went upstairs. Whatever took these from, even if you did bring them into the house, what kind of energy would they have had to muster up to levitate these things upstairs? And put them on the railing. On the railing. And he could see them from downstairs, which is crazy. Oh, and the reason, that's right, the reason we found out that the keys were even upstairs is the light was on upstairs. And it was off before. And it was off before. Oh, my God. So freaky. Oh. Gosh, I just think you was. I hate, I, God, I hate even talking about this. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you sharing it with us because this is great for our Halloween episode. But I never really had anything happen, happen other than that night I was in the rocking chair. But man, the feelings that you would get. And when your grandparents had copper, the Chesapeake, the way that he would snarl at things, I worked a lot of weird hours and. A lot of times your grandparents would babysit you guys when you were little and I would get off work at two, three o'clock in the morning, have a 45 minute drive to their house and I would pick you guys up while you were sleeping. And so I'd come out there a lot at night. The driveway was probably about 40, 50 feet from the front door and I'd have to walk up that and then sometimes Copper would just be snarling and I wasn't sure if it was at me or I mean, Copper loved us. He was a very good dog, but there was sometimes there was things that out there at night that I don't know what they were. (laughs) And mind you, it's out in the country and it's very dark and, you know, they have a lot of acreage. So there's not anything around except for a lot of old outbuildings and the old Apple store. And yeah, kind of crazy. Very desolated. Yeah. But I'd be curious to find out how many people actually have passed away because I don't even know what year that house was built. So I couldn't tell you. Me either. I mean, like I said, it's a you know beautiful, but it is old, very old. But well, it is. It is. I appreciate you sharing this with us for our little. No worries. Sorry to give you a major goosebumps before you go to bed, but. (laughs) It was very fun to, I know that we talked about it a little bit before, but it was really fun to hear the stories and then to put the rocking chair incident together because I actually had an occurrence when I sat in that rocking chair and it might not even been because of the picture being removed. It could be that I was sitting in the rocking chair and I'm wondering if they had just recently brought it down from the attic or not. Did you ever go up into the attic? I think maybe once or twice twice just peeking up the stairs but i always remember it was grandma and grandpa where i was like no 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 no, stay away from there it's dangerous because if you were to fall down the stairs of the attic you will also fall to the first floor <laughs> oh if you fell over that balcony okay because it was it's, right in the hallway wasn't it right by the it's banister. right on the hallway of yeah yeah on the second floor so if you fell on the stairs going up the attic you're likely going to fall off the balcony okay. of the second floor as well i, I was just <laughs> curious if there was a lot of stuff up there i'm assuming you it had to be tall enough to be able to walk around and stuff up there to have yeah it is the dollhouse and you said that dollhouse wasn't even original There's, to the house it was angie's your aunt's right I'm pretty sure. I'm okay. pretty sure. And, and 
I do remember actually, I have been up in the attic. I clearly remember there was like a wooden chest, but in the attic is a built-in cedar room, like a storage room that's made of cedar. Which I remember pretty, that very clearly now. Which is pretty common back in the day, especially with Edward J. Thigh being out there. That doesn't surprise me because a lot of times they would store like their fur coats and like suits and gowns and stuff. In cedar closets. Okay. Because I, okay. I, I know it's something with the smell of the cedar and moths don't like cedar or something like that. Okay. Don't so quote like, me on like, that. I'll have to Google that. I know there's something with cedar closets and the wealthy. Pest control? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mother, I'm, I'm happy I was able to help you out with your show. Well, I appreciate it. And I'm sure all of our listeners do, too, hearing the little creepy story. But I will let you go. You have a great night. And I love you. I love you, too. Thanks again. Yeah. Thank you for being on the show and being a guest. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Have a great night. You, too. Bye-bye. Bye. Are you all creeped out yet? Are you ready for some more? Of course you are. Here's Amanda from One Nothing Podcast sharing her ooky spooky story. Enjoy. ha <laughs> ha. Hey everyone, well we have another special treat for you. We have Amanda from One Nothing Podcast and she's going to come on and share a little spooky story with us as well. Amanda, why don't you give us a shout out and to your show and kind of tell us what it's about. Yes, thank you so much for having me on. So excited to be here. I host One Nothing Podcast. We are a very unique podcast in that every episode features a different fatality. We go in depth about who they were as a person, um, what they love and why they died. And if there's anything that we can take away from that experience that we could apply to our own lives. So in a nutshell, that's pretty much what we're all about. We celebrate dark humor, uh, very much a feel your feeling type of place. Oh, I try to celebrate that sometimes, but Jeremy doesn't like it so much. <laughs> and Jeremy's not with us on this uh, little experience. This was kind of a project that I started and he's been working on the evenings and the only time I can do it is on the evenings. So we're missing Jeremy on this a little bit, but he'll get to listen and edit and enjoy it as well. So he'll be sad he missed out. <laughs> he will. But well, for sure, he'll be when we do our crossover in November, he'll be on that one for sure. And Amanda and I met by chance on a podcast group one day I don't even remember what it was about but we were commenting back and forth to each other and it's grown into this uh little podcast friendship and now I've been part of this little podcast community that I'm just loving you guys are all so amazing and I'm just glad that we ran into each other that day I know you fit right in with your guys are just as amazing so it's like we you're the missing puzzle piece <laughs> oh thank you it's been so great. I just love listening to uh, you know all of your guys' shows and how everybody collabs. It's not like you would think it would be more like cutthroat, like everybody's out for themselves. But in this group, it is not like that. Everybody is about promoting and supporting and everybody is so wonderful. It's it's just something like I've you don't see a lot of that nowadays in humans. You really don't. It has grown into like a little bit of a family almost kind of dynamic. So I'm really appreciative. Yes, me too. So I thank you for bringing me into this little family. You're like my, no, uh, 
<laughs> my my first friend in the family. But why don't you go ahead and share your little spooky story with us? I'm so excited. Sure. So, um, yeah, I won't drag it out too long because I could go on and on. But to make it short, growing up, my parents were separated and we would have we have this weird custody arrangement where we would go to my biological father's for the weekends. And a lot of the time that consisted with taking us to his parents his parents, my grandparents' house was very much haunted. And as much as I remember from as early as I can remember, weird stuff has always happened in this house. Now, when they moved into this house, they had moved from England and they chose this home. It was their dream home. It had the white picket fence. It had the finished basement with the fireplace. It had a bar in the basement, a pool in the backyard, wow. just about everything they could have. So it was their like you know, they had worked so hard for it. It was their luxury and they really, really loved it. Sounds I don't beautiful. Remember when it was beautiful. Under any other circumstances, it would have been beautiful. So to kind of gain an idea of, of the makeup of the house, as soon as you walked in, if you looked straight, you had kitchens behind French doors. To your right was a living room. And then if you walked straight, there was a hallway that took you down to where the bedrooms were. And there was also a basement in the entryway to the basement was in that hallway. So for whatever reason, a lot of the activity that I remember experiencing, a lot of it happened within that hallway. And we didn't really have much happen in the kitchen or the living room. Not much happened in like the bathroom or anything. But in particular, the spare bedroom at the back of the hallway and the basement seemed to be hot spots for activity. So I'm not really sure why. I have no history on the house. I don't know, you know, if anything tragic happened there. We don't know. That didn't seem like it, but... I remember being very, very young, and the first thing that I can really remember experiencing when I knew that it was something not from our world was that in the spare bedroom, there was a dimmer switch to the light, and so it was one of those round switches that you rotate left to right to make the light dimmer or brighter, mm -hmm. and so that was the light switch in the room, and any other time it worked as expected as it should as designed, but whenever my sister and I would sleep in that room or whenever anybody would sleep in the room the dimmer switch would go all night long, super, super bright, and then all the way to dark, and then super, super bright, all the way to dark. But the bright was like brighter than it was even really capable of doing, if that makes sense. Like so the, it was like supercharged. Yeah, the capacity of the bulb never got as bright as it would, unless it was like one of these episodes. So my sister and I, we were very young. We were maybe like three and six when we kind of started realizing this stuff. And we used to joke about it being a ghost because we had Casper, you know, that movie for kids at the, around the same time. So we didn't see it as a threatening thing. We just thought it was funny. And we would talk a lot to my grandparents about, you know, oh, the ghost did it or, oh, they, a lot of stuff would go missing. And so we'd say the ghost took it and they would get very upset and they'd be like, don't say that. Don't talk about it. <laughs> just basically they were uncomfortable acknowledging that there was something happening. And so they would try to shut down any conversation about it. Right. And my yeah, my cousins were around the same age. So we all the time we would talk about this, you know, between ourselves and crazy things would happen like the basement in particular. There was just this, like a room off of a room and then a bedroom off of that room. It was always super dark. It was always very like just thick feeling like it felt like what happens when you're standing in a line at Walmart when you're just really like there's tons of people all around you and it's very claustrophobic. It felt like that, but there, you're in a room with nothing in it. So it didn't make any sense, the vibes that you would get. 
And then the things like the fireplace would just go out at random all the time. The electronic stuff would go wonky. They had a peanut machine that you would drop a quarter into and spin and you'd get like a handful of peanuts at the little bar. Mm-hmm. And all the time it would just randomly dump peanuts on the floor with nobody having touched it. Just like weird stuff like that. Oh boy. And it got kind of brushed off as just being kind of whatever excuse they could rationalize to, to avoid having to admit that it was something paranormal. So at one point, my grandmother's ring went missing, her wedding ring. And mind you, her and my grandfather had been married for 60 years when they passed. So they that wedding ring never left her hand, and there was no reason for it to be missing. But she thought maybe it just fall, like, fell off one night in bed, or maybe they were doing dishes and it came off and she didn't notice. So they scoured the house. Months went by. They could not find this ring. So they were settled to buy a new one and just kind of moved past it. Three months after this ring goes missing... It shows up at the very top of the basement steps in the carpet. And this is an area they vacuum. This is an area in a high traffic area that you're walking in every day, multiple times a day. They didn't have pets at this time. They had grandkids, but like we're old enough to know. We're not like toddlers. We're old enough at this point to know. And so that was a thing that my whole family really were kind of creeped out by because we just knew the likelihood of it having been there undetected for three months was impossible. Right? No, it was too high traffic of an area. So then the smells started. There was really pungent smells, mainly in the spare bedroom where we would sleep when we stayed over. And it always smelled like curdled milk. And it would come really, really, really pungent. They would tear the room. My mother and my aunt would tear the room apart, clean everything, take the bedding off, move the mattresses. There was never any reason for the odor, but it would just go on its own. And then months later, the smell would come back and it wasn't consistent. So that was really bizarre that it was just every now and then. The thing that really made me realize it's it was an actual, like, I don't know, I don't even want to use the word spirit, but just something in a human form that wasn't human was the night when my sister and I and my grandmother were in um, the television room. And mind you, in the television room, it's a very interesting setup where if you're in this room, you can see out the door, you can see the door to the bathroom and like part of the hallway wall. Mm-hmm. And so we're all in there watching TV and my grandfather gets up to use the bathroom. So he goes to the restroom and you can hear the door shut of him going, you know, to the bathroom. And so we're all in there watching TV, my grandmother and my sister and I. And at the same time, I just happened like something caught my attention and I looked up and I know that my sister looked up too because we were beside one another. So we both looked up and watched as this large black figure walked across the doorway past the bathroom door into the spare bedroom. Oh, hell so no. we watched it, it was taller <laughs> than my grandfather. He was a shorter man. So it was much taller than him. And so at first, like instantly thinking before I even could even say it, I wanted to ask, did anyone see that? But before I could even say anything, my grandmother instinctively yells out Joe thinking it was my grandpa. So I know she saw it too. Okay. He answered from within the bathroom and he's like, I'll be right out. So he's still in the bathroom. Clearly it wasn't him that walked past. There's nobody else in the house. And when my sister and I got really excitable by this and we're like, what is that? What was it? Let's go find out. And she squashed it and she said she didn't see anything. So that leads me to believe she had seen this thing before right? because she very instantly was like, nope, don't acknowledge it. Don't pay attention to it. But she did yell out my grandfather's name when she saw it, which is how I know that she saw it, because otherwise there's no reason to have yelled out his name. So that was the only like the most concrete thing that I actually saw an apparition with my eyes. And it was acknowledged by two other people in the same room. Right. So that could have been a light trick. You know, it couldn't have been a perspective thing. Right. But yeah, that is 
definitely the most creepy thing. I later found out in more recent years because I inherited a bunch of photographs from my grandparents when they passed. And in one of the photos, probably before I was even born, this photo was taken. And in the hallway, you can see a set of glowing eyes that's like a foot up off the ground. They didn't have any pets. Yeah, so I found that in the photo recently, and I was really bewildered by that just because of the placement, because it's in the hallway right up against the door where everything, like, a lot of stuff happened. So, definitely creepy. Um, I've also been telling this story a lot lately. I told it on a, a couple other podcasts for Halloween stuff because it is, like, my most paranormal spooky story, and... I'm not linking anything together. Correlation is not causation, but a lot of stuff in my house has been going missing lately. Oh, which no. I'm a little Because <laughs> I live alone. So I'm very uncomfortable about stuff vanishing in my, like, 700-square-foot apartment where I live by myself. <laughs> a little unnerved by that. I'm a very organized person by nature, so I don't misplace things often. But I'm just, I'm not thinking that that's anything. I'm just simply pointing out the irony <laughs> that stuff has been kind of going missing lately after I've been talking about this so much. Yeah, no. So you'll hear this when the recording comes out and stuff. But what you were saying with that ring brought me back to the story my son shared with me last night. And he had never told me this story before. So I'm just going to do a quick little recap on his story. So his grandparents, my ex's parents, he spent quite a bit of time out there. They lived on a farm. It was a really old house that had been renovated multiple times. A former uh, governor and senator lived and died in that house. And anyway, so he had some creepy things happen in the house. And he was at the state fair one year. And this lady, random lady in the crowd, came up to him and told him that she doesn't speak to ghosts, but she gets pictures and images from ghosts or people that have crossed over. And she told him that they needed to put the rocking chair and the dollhouse back. Oh, no. He called his grandma. And asked her what she was doing, if she'd made any changes lately. Because she was always, like, making changes in the house, buying new furniture. She talked about turning it into, like, an Airbnb. It's a beautiful old home, and it's big. Many additions have been put onto it. She had just moved the rocking chair and the dollhouse. Oh, no. They were up in the attic, and she moved them out of the attic. That's terrifying. Yeah, and this just a random person to come up to him and tell him that at a public event that they don't know each other at all. But then he was telling his a couple of his friends about this. So his friends wanted to go out and experience because, you know, he had experiences at the house, feelings more so than things that actually happen. But he, yeah. he had brought them into the house and his girlfriend had girlfriend, not girlfriend, had said that I'm going to leave the keys in the car just in case we need to run. And so she was anticipating being scared and she had something happen where it like she felt like she was being choked. Oh, my God. Went into there was like three living rooms in this house and they went into one of the living rooms. They didn't go upstairs or anything. So they ran out of the house and the outside dog, it was the St. Bernard at the time, Opus, and Opus never barked. And Opus was barking like crazy and 
put herself in between the house and Dylan and his friends. And the neighbor that they had a renter on the property and he heard the commotion, was shocked at Opus barking, came out to see what was going on. And they went to the car with him and the keys were gone. They weren't in the ignition. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Right? (laughs) So the renter on the property went with Dylan back into the house to try to find the keys. They looked everywhere, couldn't find them. And Mark looked up. There was two sets of stairs going up. In this, like, one was the old, like, um, servants' quarters area, and the other was, like, the new addition and the stairs up to the bedrooms and stuff. And they were on the corner of the banister, basically, like, dangling. They were just barely on the banister. They didn't go upstairs. <laughs> so when you talked about the ring and the carpet, up, you know, I was like, oh, my God, that just that totally like resonated with the story he had just told. Yeah, that's super creepy. I would have been out of there in a split. Nope. Yeah. That, Especially huh. the keys. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, those things just, they give me the, I've had my own sets of experiences over the years. I grew up in a haunted house, lived in a very old house growing up. And I mean, I don't even know. I think it was a hundred years old when we moved into it. Just very old and creepy and had a lot of weird stuff happen. And we also clean uh, daycare that I have a lot of things happen. I've gotten to the point where I think we've got an understanding with each other. The ghosts know not to scare me anymore. (laughs) But one night I was vacuuming and I swore I heard Jeremy come up behind me and say something. So I turned around and I was like, hey, you want to take a break? And there was nobody there. I mean, that's how certain I that I was that I heard his voice. And I turned around and he wasn't there. And I was like, huh. So I'm like, well, maybe the vacuum was making a weird noise on the carpet or something. I don't know. Tried to just shrug it off. And as I turned around, I got this cold burst of air right on the back of my neck. Like somebody was standing right behind me and just went right on the back of my neck. And I stopped I turned the vacuum off, calmly walked upstairs. I looked at Jeremy and I was like, we need to take a break. He's like, okay, where are we going? (laughs) Outside. Are you okay? I'm like, I'll tell you outside. I didn't want to say it in there, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But we had, like he, Jeremy was mopping one night, mopping one of the floors because we clean this daycare. And so he was mopping the floor one night and all of a sudden he turned He felt like somebody charged him. So he felt like somebody was like charging at him. So he turned and like put the mop up, mop handle up to like defend himself. And we've had lights turn on and off on us. And I feel like somebody's like playing with my hair. But it's gotten to the point where the creepy stuff I think is doesn't happen as much anymore it's more of the playful stuff but i mean literally one night i'm like that's enough i can't do this because <laughs> i i wouldn't even go there by myself and as a business owner you have to go there by yourself sometimes <laughs> and yeah there was so many different things like interference with our uh, headphones they have walkie talkies the walkie talkies would go off by themselves and lights would flicker or shut off on you and I'm like, no, no, this is not okay. <laughs> no, that's not okay. No. I did for a minute. I had, I don't know if this is even possible, but I rescued a dog one time and weird shit happened in my house the whole time that I had that dog. And then really? um, when I found a home for the dog, 
all the weird stuff went away. It was super weird. I have no idea, like, if that's a thing, if it can attach itself to a dog. But I had, the second I brought that dog into my house, I came home one day and my front door was wide open. I was freaking out because I had cats that wanted to go outside all the time. Right. And I came home and all of them were in the living room corner, like sitting together. Oh, I would suppose yeah. it could be possible because they can attach to inanimate objects. Yeah. And people, so yeah, why couldn't stuff. they attach to a pet? Yeah, that was super weird and a lot of weird stuff happened in that house. And then we would hear footsteps a lot. And my friend, she stayed with me so much that she basically lived there with me. She always hung out. And then we went and got our, the reason we even got that dog is we were going out to a town about an hour and a half away to pick up a mutual friend to bring her to hang out with us for a little while. Okay. So that's when we found that dog. And so she was staying with us for that couple of weeks when we were all there. And we were all convinced, like, within a week, we're like, there's something going on because you'd hear footsteps, people walking, and there's nobody in the house. And the only thing upstairs was my bedroom. So we would talk about it with my friend's mom, and she'd, like, brush us off. She was very skeptical. She's like, oh, my gosh, you know, it's probably just something in the roof or maybe of rats or something. She's trying to make all these you know, rational reasons for why we'd hear all that. And then she had come over one day. We were all standing in my kitchen. And mid-conversation, you just hear, like, stomp, 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 like, foot people's feet and you can look up and you can tell where they are they start above you and then they move away right that's how much you can you can tell and so she's like who's here with you guys and we're like nobody that's what we're telling you so she didn't believe us she immediately went upstairs she walked around there was nobody out there and she never came over again she's like i'm not coming back over there (laughs) well it's jeremy's a huge skeptic it's like even though he's had things happen to him at the daycare, he tries to, you know, explain just, it. yeah, explain <laughs> it away. And, you know, like he'll come down. Were you upstairs playing with the lights? No, I've been down here, you know, or just mm-hmm. other things, too. I don't remember. He came down and asked me something else once. And I'm like, don't tell me what happened until after <laughs> we leave, because then I'm going to be on high alert. But my daughter, my youngest, uh, she's 19. She was cleaning for us over the summer and stuff while she was waiting to go off to college. And she was having all these experiences there, too. And she actually brought a friend of hers with and brought a pendulum. Oh. Yeah, and we're, like, trying to communicate with it. And they did. They communicated with, she said there's, like, four different, from what she got out of this as a total amateur that there was four different spirits and but the one somehow she got the name carlton and that he was the same age as her when he died and she started doing all of this research she actually found the person but i don't know how the place used to be a clinic before it was a daycare but when this guy passed away it was in the in the 30s and there wasn't a clinic, there wasn't anything there where the building stands now in the 30s. But she literally found, like the, I'd have to have her tell me the story again. But she gave me all the paperwork. She found the guy's name, what he died of, how old he was. They found his grave. And I'm like, I don't know how you got all this information out of just doing this little session or whatever. But the craziest thing, they were trying to record on their phone to see if they could get any EVPs or anything. And her friend went to put her phone in her pocket, and they were done recording. They shut it off. They thought they did. And later, she found that there was another recording. So either she bumped something when she put it in her pocket or something turned it on. But you hear this voice 
it's like you hear muffled talking of them, my daughter and her friend. And then you can hear like the phone rustling in the pocket. And then clear as day, you hear, hey, I'm like, when she said that to me, shivers, like hair standing up in the back. I'm like, I'm not going to want to go there. Quit, quit trying to do stuff there because you're going to stir it up like just leave it be <laughs> I, I love things haunted I love things ghostly I love the stories I love you know talking about it but I hate being scared which is totally weird <laughs> I like being scared if I do it to myself like if I play a scary movie at night and like you know do it to myself but the other night for whatever reason I was like get, getting under my bed for something and my phone charger I think dropped under there and I have this thing because I've watched horror movies my whole life about under the bed being a very characteristically scary place yeah and so I like crawl under there I work on my nerve and I crawl under my bed and I finally get my charger and I'm like you know you're I don't know if you do this but my brain always does the what if something scary happened right now to oh, me yeah. all the time yeah. and so I'm like what if you just turned around and there was a face next to you and I'm like why would I do that to myself so I turned around to like tell my brain there's nothing there and to alleviate that immediate you know stress that just came up and I look over and I'm like okay there's nothing there and I turn back around and my mf and cat <gasps> has crawled in beside me oh no <laughs> I almost took my whole bed down trying to get out from underneath that thing. I'm sure. Well, here's a, <laughs> not a scary thing, but a funny thing. We have two dogs. They're siblings. They're both uh, Alapaha Blue Blood Bulldogs, which is just kind of a larger version Aww. of an English Bulldog. And okay. the, so I wake up this morning. Maisie's sleeping next to me. Jeremy was out editing. He's on an opposite you know, shift schedule than I am right now. And so Jeremy's in the garage editing and I'm like looking all over the house and our house isn't that big. I can't find Harley anywhere. Uh, We have all the doors shut, our laundry room doors shut, the spare bedroom doors shut, the game room doors shut. So I have living room, kitchen, my bedroom and my bathroom and the other bathroom. That's it to check. He's nowhere. And I call for him. He's not coming. And I'm like, where the hell is Harley? And... So I'm like, Harley, you know, I'm like, you want a treat? And then I thought I heard like something in my bedroom. I go in there. He's not in there. So underneath, like we have our bed frame is the side rails are so low that they can't fit under there. Well, (laughs) he was under there, but (laughs) I was like, what the hell? Uh, I remembered I put my bed in zero G last night because it's an adjustable bed. When I went into zero G and he went under the bed and... So when I was done watching TV and went to sleep, I put the bed down. He was stuck under there. Wasn't making a peep. Wasn't doing anything. I let him out. No, he just. Zero. <laughs> and he comes out, you know how dogs do that where they curl themselves into that little C formation. And yeah. he's just like, oh, mom, mom, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, dude, no noises, no whimpering, no barking. It was so funny. <laughs> but well, anyway, I suppose we should probably wrap up so you can get to uh, the rest of your night and get to eat your yummy home cooking that you spent all day working on. No, I'm very excited. Yeah. Hopefully my efforts are Oh, I'm sure it'll be a delicious. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Amanda, for coming on and sharing your stories. And it was so awesome to actually talk to you on the phone 
instead of, you know, on I know the keyboard. I have, I'm so excited and I can't wait. And we're teaming up on a lot of things here coming up. So I'm really excited to, to talk more with you. I am too. And we got that. Yeah, we have a lot of things coming up. It's exciting. I'm, I'm really excited for the next month. There's going to be a lot of good crossovers, a lot of great content. And I'm, it's going to be fun. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm here for it. Me too. Well, you have a great night. And again, thank you for us, uh, you know, doing this on such short notice. No, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. It was so awesome. And excited to hear it all put together and everybody go check out one nothing podcast it's definitely definitely worth the listen i love your show thank you w-o-n for people searching it too i know yes. it gets tricky but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right well have a good night we'll talk to you later all right thank you yeah bye bye all right conundrum crew We didn't want to leave you hanging, so we have one last creepy story to prevent you from sleeping tonight. Here is Courtney from HauntsCast telling her bone-chilling encounters. All right, guys, we have another special guest for you. We have Courtney from HauntsCast. Hey, Courtney, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to hear your stories. And we've actually been on the phone for a while until we hit record. (laughs) Catching up on some uh, ghosty stuff. And but yeah, I feel like we've shared like a lot of just like other like paranormal updates and stuff over the last like hour or so. But I have been keeping my cards close to the chest for these other stories that I have for you. And I'm excited to share them with you. I think you're going to get a kick out of them. I am so excited. I've watched you and Farah on your collabs and heard some of your other stories. So I think it's going to be some good ones. But why don't you give us a quick shout out about your show and the name, name, what it's all about? Yeah. So Haunts Podcast or Haunts Cast on social media, it's a narrative style podcast. So more not necessarily conversational back and forth like you and Jeremy have. It's very much like a scripted kind of story about various different haunted locations and urban legends from around the world. I try to the best of my ability to, you know, take a skeptical look at all of these different hauntings that I'm talking about. But at the same time, I've also been doing paranormal research to some degree for coming up on nine years now. It's been about nine years since I went on this journey or began this journey. So through the skepticism that I have for the stories that I'm telling and sharing, I also look at it from the point of view of, you know, various different theories and paranormal research and parapsychology. So it's an even mix of, you know, looking at things and trying to debunk them, but also giving credit where credit's due and explaining the story from kind of an analytical and hopefully objective space, if that makes sense. We release episodes once a week overnight on Sunday nights. Uh, and you can find us on pretty much every platform that there is. The easiest one's probably Apple Podcasts. I'm not going to lie. If you just type in Haunts, it's going to be one of the first ones. And yeah, you can also follow me on social media at HauntsCast. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and for the time being, TikTok until it gets potentially taken away because I live in Montana. But yeah, that's my little spiel about that. <laughs> TikTok may be taken away. Yeah. So they're doing a like a weird thing in the state of Montana where they're, I guess, banning it. I don't understand the fully the ins and outs of it, but my like day job per se is in social media. So I've been paying close attention to that issue. And I think that the main issue is, is they're not going to have it available on the like app stores okay. to, to like purchase. But if you already have it, I, I'm under the impression that you can still 
use it, but it might be limited. And so to be honest, I just haven't put in a whole lot of hope there because obviously if it's going to get to the point where I can't use it anymore, I'd rather interact with you guys on various social media accounts. But there are some stuff there. I do have a good time using the green screen effect. So if you want to check it out while the content's there, go for it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we haven't gotten, Jeremy wants to get into TikTok. I haven't got into it much. It's so fun. It's so fun. Actually, I think we just finally found the cameras that we're going to use to start doing video recording. And I'm Mm -hmm. so scared. I'm like, I don't want to have to worry about how I sound and what kind of facial expressions I'm making at the same time. Yeah, (laughs) I feel that. But it's it's a great, um, I I just think it's a great platform. Even just if you um, like are kind of scrolling, like we talked before we started recording this about, you know, our, our mixed feelings about social media, let's yes. say. But one of the ones that like, I just enjoy as like a platform to consume content is TikTok. And I think they have a lot of really fun features in the sense of like, you know, being able to use the green screen effect or being able to have copyrighted material in it without getting, um, I think they have like special like permissions in place to where it links back to the original creator in a specific way to where it's not, Oh, that's nice. You know, infringing on copyrights. Right. So yeah, so you don't have to worry about it as long as you're doing everything in app, you should be fine. Of course that presents the potential for your, your own stuff to get used by other creators, but it's a fun app just in general to be able to you know, scroll through and play with, but I will, I'm, I'm not sure what the, the future holds for it. Cause I think once one state bans it, I'm sure there will be others, others. to follow, whether we like it or not. So. Definitely. I know I get stuck in the Facebook reels. Thing. I've got, I have TikTok. Yeah, same thing. I'll use it more for just watching. I haven't created any videos or anything myself mm-hmm. yet, but yeah, it's, there's so many different things out there. I mean, half the time it's like you'll start one reel, you'll click on it, and it's like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then you're half an hour and then later. You keep scrolling. Yes. Yeah. That's where like the downfall is. I'm like, I really should be doing something a little more productive with my time. Cause same thing if you're on Instagram or like YouTube shorts, it's the short form content. You're like, oh, I can just scroll for a few minutes. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're yep. you're like an hour deep in this very strange rabbit hole that you've fallen down. But Yes. And again, if you guys want to check out the content while it's there, (laughs) well, for for YouTube, all we do right now, our trailer that we have for YouTube, we actually have different images changing and stuff on there. But other than like for our podcast, we just have the same image that's on the screen the whole time. So if people Mm -hmm. like to listen on YouTube, they can. But he's like, it gives us an opportunity for people to be able to feel like they get to know us too, you know? Right, right. It's just another way to like, you know, reach people that may not have otherwise, because we all have our own favorite, I think, platforms to use. Definitely. Um, So, I mean, he's right for sure. He's way more into it than I am. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we were researching cameras and stuff the other day and... I don't remember what they're called, but they're AI-powered cameras. Oh, I'm not going to lie. That's a little scary. (laughs) But yeah, it follows you. So it's on like, what do they call it? Not a dongle, but... um, Oh, I know what you're talking about. Kind of like a... I also don't know the word for it, but it's almost like a pivot kind of... Yeah, so a lot of vloggers use that style of camera when they're out vlogging. And this Mm -hmm. one actually has hand controls. So you can make different motions with your hands... 
like zoom in, zoom out. Um, it'll follow you, and then it has like present mode. And oh, so, like, let's say that's so cool, but it, that's so scary. It is, and then like it has a desk mode, so the camera will point down to your desk. So if you have a document or something that you want to share, mm-hmm. so I think it's more for like people who are doing like presentations for work and stuff. No, I mean I feel like people are gonna yeah, people can get on that for definitely for like our purposes. Oh, for sure. But at the same time, like, uh, uh, the fact that it can, like, track you. I swear to God, I don't know if you guys know that movie, um, Smart House. It came out in, like, the 90s or something yes. on Disney Channel. <laughs> but it, like, took over, right? They took over their lives, essentially. And, like, this is what it's coming to. <laughs> no, I mean, we all use AI, unfortunately, at this point. And I think, you know, that's just a reality we're going to have to deal with. But every time it comes up and I learn something new, like a new development in the world of AI, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready to mentally wrap my head around that. (laughs) Well, uh, what we were talking about before, you know, being in the IT Mm -hmm. world, I've like Alexified our house. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I have like in our bedroom, I'll say, you know, I'll walk in, I'll say good morning, it turns the lights on, say good night, it turns the lights off. And I've set up different, like our guest room with a command. And I've gotten to the point where I've forgotten which commands that I set up. But one Mm -hmm. day we put smart bulbs in the garage because when we have our Halloween party and our New Year's Eve party and stuff like that, I changed the color of the bulbs with the app instead of having to actually physically change the bulbs. Like physically change it. That's nice. Well, we ended up taking them out. Jeremy put different lights and he put uh, can lights in now instead. But at mm. one point he's like, can we t- please take the smart bulbs out of the garage? Because if you're not here and something happens, I have no lights in the garage because I had the app on my oh. phone. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so true. <laughs> Right. They were powered by her, but it was a different app that you set up to install. And I was the only one that had the app on my phone. Oh, no. So he's like walking around in the dark. It's my worst fear. <laughs> stuck right. in the dark. There's nothing you can do. <laughs> or the some of them, when they disconnect, they'll flash. They just keep flashing. Oh. So that was another thing. That's even thing. worse. Right? So you're like stuck in a strobe light. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, maybe. See, the flaws in technology, even though I it, shouldn't say that because eventually they're going to become a lot smarter. Oh, definitely. (laughs) Exactly. But anyway, let's get into your stories. I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a few smaller stories. I was telling you about this when we first got on our call that to me go along the same theme. They're all from like my childhood, if that makes sense. So in between, I'd, I'd say maybe like 10 to let's say like 17, 18. Okay. I mean, like I said earlier, I've been doing this for quite a while and in a more like serious sense, Uh, but I didn't pick up like paranormal research in the sense of like seriously doing it until I was in college. So all of these stories are from when I had at least some sort of like passing curiosity or, you know, skeptical interest in the paranormal. But for the most part, these are just experiences that kind of scared the crap out of me before I truly understand or understood like what was going on. Now, I think in my adult life and after I've gained a little bit more experience in this area, they probably wouldn't seem as frightening. But when you're in it in that moment, it definitely does. And I will say, you'll see in one of them, my dad, he and I both believe in the paranormal to the same degree, but he's definitely a little bit more fearful of it. Okay. Um, and on one of these occasions, he was like, stop talking. You're freaking me out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't no. want to have anything to do with this. So 
I'm going to try to do this the best I can in the chronological order. Okay. Obviously, this happened like decades ago. So I'm, there's going to be, you know, possibly some discrepancies in terms of timelines. But oh, the first sure. one happened, I want to say like maybe when I was like around 10 to 11, maybe 12 years old. I was still living at like my first childhood homes. I, I like to think of my childhood in two separate chapters. The first one, when up until I was 15-ish, I was living in Augusta with my parents in our first like family home. And then the other half, when I was like in high school and stuff like that, we moved to a town just outside of Atlanta. Um, and that's kind of where both of these stories will take place, or all of these stories will take place. So the first one, we were living in Augusta, and like I said, I had to have been around like 10 or 12. And I remember I'd come home from school. It was a weekend and I've always been kind of a nap person. So after like a long week, I don't have to do any homework as long as a week that a 10 year old can have. I like decided to take a nap on this particular day. So I went up to my like childhood bedroom and I had the habit of turning on the TV every time that like I fell asleep. It's obviously not very good sleep hygiene, but when I was younger, that was just something that I did. So I turned on the TV and I got in bed um, and I hadn't like completely dozed off yet, but I was like, you know, kind of half paying attention to the TV, half trying to like relax and, you know, fall asleep. And in one of the like times when I opened my eyes to look at the TV, I saw this like dark cloaked figure in front of me. And at first, which is what you guys are probably thinking, I'm like, oh, I must be dreaming this or, you know, looking back at it at it now as an adult, I'm like, maybe this is sleep paralysis, except I can move. Okay. Um, and when like you see it, obviously it jolts you out of any sort of state of relaxation that you might be in. So I like wake up and I look at it and it's still there. It's just like this like dark, the best way I can describe it, not to bring this back to a place of Harry Potter, but the best way I can describe it is like a small dementor. Okay. Just like a, like a cloaked figure, not really any sort of like facial features. It kind of had some places where eyes should be, a place where a mouth should be, but not that they were an actual mouth or actual eyes or anything like that. And I remember like staring at it for a second and then kind of getting my wits together and literally running through whatever this thing was, if there was anything there to begin with. And like, you know, I can't remember if there was like, you know, a chill or anything like that. I don't want to say that that's the case, but I just remember that I literally shot up out of my bed and ran directly through it because it was in between myself where my bed was and the door. So I ran downstairs. I'm like freaking out. And this is when my dad is like, what are you talking about? And poor guy, I'm like, you have to go up there. Like something is in my room. He's like, hell and no. He's like, no, you were dreaming. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like, no, you're dreaming. Like, I don't want to deal with that because I mean, obviously, maybe not so obviously, but people around that age have a lower spiritual ego. And if you don't know what that is, it's, it basically means that like you're more open to the paranormal and the other side because you don't necessarily know better. They say that a lot for like babies, but it yeah. happens to kids throughout their adolescence. So he was like really freaking out because he's like, okay, like you probably can see something, but I'm not going to be able to see if I go up there, which leaves me defenseless. So he goes up there. And of course he doesn't see anything, but poor guy, he was like really stressed out and he's comes back down. He's like, do not ever do anything like that again. That was like genuinely terrifying. <laughs> and of course now is like the rest of my childhood, poor guy, like, and even like before that, like when I was even younger and just like had a bad dream, he was always very much like, don't tell me about it. I don't want to know about it. Like, even if I went in there in the middle of the night, like into my parents' room for comfort, as most kids do, <laughs> he, yeah, he just, I think that moment really freaked him out to the point where he's like, nope, if you have a bad dream and you need something, you better go to your mom. Like, I don't, she, she doesn't believe in this. I do. I don't want to have anything to do with it. Well, and I'm sure he saw the 
fear, the pure fear that you had yeah. coming down there. So I'm sure that probably right. jolted him even more. Right. And poor guy, like he never has been one to discredit me when I've had like some sort of an experience. Like he, I firmly believe that he believed me and he has any time that I have told him like, oh, I've had this experience even now at like nearly 30 years old. He like takes into consideration that what I'm saying is true because he's like, you're not going to tell me something just to mess with me because you know how freaked out I get by right. it. He seems like one that believes, kind of like I am, I believe, but I don't want to experience necessarily. Right. I mean, if I'm going yeah. out, if I'm trying to, like if we go out ghost hunting, then it's a little bit different, but I don't want something just out of the blue spooky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. I mean, I spoke about this a little bit of a segue, but I spoke about this on um, an episode a few weeks back. I was talking about the Stanley Hotel and I stayed there, you know, a couple years ago after a friend's wedding. She got married like not episode. far. Yeah, she got married not far away from there. And my dad being, you know, a loving and supportive father when I was a kid and first started like getting into like because I've always loved like horror movies and stuff like that. And I've read the book like The Shining countless times. So when I was younger, he's always like, we should go and stay at the Stanley. And I took that to heart. So when the opportunity arose, he was like, OK, I guess like we have to. I'm <laughs> terrified. But like, yeah, like when I had that experience there, we like he couldn't believe it. But he was like seeing lights turning on and off in the window. And he was so freaked out that he like served his own sort of justice and kind of had me go and investigate on my own, which I was already one step ahead of him. But yeah, you and your mom go up or something and he stayed down. Yeah. So, yeah, for your listeners, in case you haven't like, you know, come across this episode or, or heard of my show, we were staying at the Stanley and I was downstairs on the patio and we were just about to order or we just had ordered drinks to have like a pre-dinner cocktail. None of us had been drinking up until that point and our, our drinks weren't even there yet. We literally just placed the order and he started looking up at like the fourth floor, which is the one that's supposed to be the most haunted in that hotel. And he's like, hey, like that, <laughs> that light is going on in office at your room. And I'm like, yeah, it is. So, you know, he's like, no, there's got to be somebody in there. Like, that can't be your room. And if it is, then, like, you know, a hotel staff member is, like, having a go with you. Like, it's not, that can't be real. So my mom and I go upstairs to check it out. And it, it, by the time that we'd gotten up there, it had stopped. But he, like, called me and told me, you know, like, it stopped literally as you were walking in the room. Oh, no. <laughs> and I think that for him was his first, like, real experience, everything else he had experienced secondhand. But, like, he watched it for probably a good five minutes while because I didn't want to get in the elevator just because, number one, it was really crowded. Number two, it's very old. And I just didn't want to risk it. So we walked all the way up the stairs. So it had to have been, like, you know, coming up on five minutes and he was, like... I have no way to explain that. I don't want to explain that. I don't want to be here anymore. Well, so that's kind of a, you know, a tidbit about my dad. He's never discredited me and, and he's encouraged it no matter how much it freaked him out. So I think I kind of owe my interest in this area to him to some degree. Definitely. Even though he probably despises me for it but you know at least he, he's a good dad but. he's like oh boy i opened you up too much to it <laughs> yeah he's like okay she's expressing some interest in like you know horror movies let's you know nurture that and bond because he does like horror movies ones that aren't real <laughs> but when it comes to real like actual like hauntings he doesn't want to have anything to do with it but i think him 
his effort to bond with me when it comes to like, let's watch this scary movie together turned into let's go hunt ghosts together. And he just doesn't want anything to do with it. But that's um, funny. So, yeah. So that, that was the incident in my like first childhood bedroom. That was like, I don't want to say that that was my first paranormal experience. Cause to be honest, I'm not entirely sure with, if that's the case, but that's like one of the first ones that stuck with me that's that I can still remember brain. now. Yeah. Um, and it's been like nearly 20 years since that happened. But like, it was that jarring. And to this day, it's like, it's not the only thing that I've seen, like only shadow figure per se, but it was definitely the most tangible. And I was so young. It's just something that I don't think I'll ever be able to forget. Definitely not. Yeah. But let's fast forward to, you know, a couple of years we had moved from that house in Augusta to the one that's, you know, suburban Atlanta area. And this was like around the time that I was experiencing what can only be described as like poltergeist like activity, which makes sense given the age that I was. I was around 15, 16 when this occurred. Yeah. So like, I don't know if you know much about poltergeist, but they say it's like possible that it's psycho like kinetic. Yes. You know, yeah, like, I've actually I'm not gotten, entirely sure I agree with it. Yeah. But I, I've gotten into I've had discussions with people about it because there's a friend of mine used to think that poltergeist just meant it was moving around. And I'm like, no, poltergeist is usually mm-hmm. something that somebody in the house could be is causing. Right. Right. I have like I've heard mixed theories about it. And again, this is something that I spoke on recently, but like on the show. But to me, it's either going to be one of two things. And I really I'm, have mixed feelings towards both of these theories. But one of them is obviously like psychokinesis, typically surrounding somebody around that age, like 15, early teen years when you're going through puberty and mm-hmm. you're facing a lot of these changes. Sometimes that emotional stress can manifest in a physical way on the environment, even though you have no control over it. And then there's the other side of that, which just some of my own like personal experiences past this point. Now as an adult, I still encounter this sort of activity from time to time. And I don't think that I am at that like stress level or emotional level as I was when I was a teen. So unless like something else is going on, I just don't know if poltergeist are necessarily psychokinesis, but it is an interesting take. And I think that is like the main kind of understanding of it or like the leading theory when it comes to poltergeist activity. But I'll step off that soapbox and just like kind of explain (laughs) (laughs) what was happening to me around this time. So again, this was had to do with my bedroom. I wasn't asleep at this point in time. I was, I remember that I was like reading maybe. I wasn't watching TV at this time or anything like that. I was fully awake. So I had to have been like reading or maybe I was doing homework. I can't remember the specifics, but my bed started shaking, which if you know anything about like paranormal activity or like demonic stuff, not that this was necessarily a demon, but it's not a good sign. And I sat there for a minute. I'm like, okay, this doesn't make sense. But there was a part of me that for whatever reason had tricked my mind into thinking that it was maybe the air conditioning cutting on because there was a vent that like came down like right above my bed, if that makes sense. You were trying to rationalize the movement. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, and then I didn't think that was possible just because it's like, it's a queen size bed and like the air conditioning isn't going to make that rattle to that degree. Like it was like, you know, those beds like back in the eighties at like hotels and stuff where you could put a quarter in and it would like vibrate. Vibrate. It was like that. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, it was moving pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it stopped after a while and I went back to what I was doing. And mind you, this must have been like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. I was still up, but my parents had gone to sleep. 
so whatever I was doing, I had gotten back to it after it stopped because I'm like, okay, well, like that was like creepy, but it was probably the air conditioning or something like that. A little while later, it happens again and I wait for it to stop. And this time it doesn't. So I'm like, okay, I have to leave. Like yes. I don't want to be in this room anymore. <laughs> but at the same time, like I said earlier, my dad really doesn't like want to know about this. And for that matter, at 15, 16 years old, I'm way too old to go into my parents' room and be like, hey, I'm having a nightmare of some sorts, even Move though I'm over. wide awake. <laughs> I'm coming in. So I, I call my mom on my cell phone and she like answers like in a panic as like most moms would when your child is calling you right in the middle of the night, even if she is right down the hall. And I'm like, hey, don't tell dad, but come in here, like come in my room. I'm I, like, there's something happening and I need somebody to see this. So she comes in. And it's like shaking. So I'm not, you know, the only one seeing this. And I'm asking her, like, do you see what's happening to my bed? Because I feel like I'm like losing, Fine. like losing it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't, I mean, this shouldn't be happening. And she's like, no, it's like, that is vibrating. And she goes, is somebody, you know, using the garage door? Because my bedroom was like the loft above the garage. So she and I go downstairs to look and see. And like, obviously, our we had an alarm in this house and no one was using the garage door. And on top of that, it was just the bed. It wasn't like the rest of the room. Right. And when you have a room that's above a garage, for those of you who don't know, I guess, it will kind of vibrate the whole thing. Like you can't be in any one part of it and not feel the garage door opening. It's not annoying by any means or like physically distressing, but like it's apparent. And this was much more aggressive and it was only my bed. So we go back up and she's like, I'm just going to like stay in here with you. And like, see if maybe we can like figure it out because at that point it had stopped. Okay. So she and I stayed in there and it happened a couple more times and we couldn't figure out what it was, but it scared her enough to the point where she went to the church the following day and like got one of those like little bottles of holy water. We, I grew up Catholic. So uh -huh. this is very much like she was like, <laughs> we need to get the church involved if this thing has <laughs> right? the ability to like move the bed. We've all seen the exorcist. <laughs> yeah, I think that's like where her mind went or like maybe like poltergeist or something like that. It really it, like the movie poltergeist. It really freaked her out. And she was, she's even more skeptical than I am. Uh -huh. Not that I'm like a huge skeptic, but like, you know, she and I both were like, I have no words for what this could be. So she went to the church in local parish and got just a little bottle of holy water from the font and then came back. And she had this crucifix that had a little, basically a holy water fountain like right in it that you could put water from that you take home from your local church to keep in your room. So she brought that and put it in my room and then hung another one in there. Mm -hmm. And it never happened again. But one thing that I always thought was kind of interesting about it looking back now is that the bed faced a mirror. And I'm not totally into like feng shui and stuff, but I know that mirrors act as obviously portals. portals and yeah. I want to say that you're not supposed to, don't quote me on this, but I want to say that you're not supposed to have your bed facing that, nor are you supposed to have it facing a window because it invites things in. I've heard like, that. Like to you while you're sleeping. I've heard that. Yeah. So I don't know. Like it never happened when she, like again, after she put the, like the holy water and the crucifix and stuff in there. But it's just interesting that like, that's what it took. And maybe something weird was just happening with the house or, you know, I truly have no explanation for it. So I guess if you guys have other theories for what it could be, feel free to message me um, and let me know. But well, and for I've, now, I just, I've heard I don't people know what like that was. Waking up, like I've had that happen 
when I was growing up, like I'd wake up to the bed vibrating, but usually it would stop. But being right. awake and physically having yeah, somebody like fully... else. Right. And I think. Yeah. And like that was the thing, too. I didn't want to leave while it was happening, even though I was like terrified because I was like, if it stops am I going to like physically get them? It's like, it's going to stop and then they're not going to believe me. And it's amazing to me that it even continued after she came in the room. Right. And I think furniture manufacturers need to rethink putting uh, mirrors on all of these dressers. Right. Because it's like, <laughs> that was my sliding closet door. Like, they've since changed it. I'm not sure if that's why. I will say it was kind of hideous, but whoever lived there before us put a bunch of stickers all over it. So when I moved out, my mom was like, we got to get rid of this thing. But yeah, like that, the mirror in there is no more. And it hasn't obviously happened again. But to this day, she and I are like, I don't know what could have caused that. And I don't think she's ever told my dad that it happened because it would have given him major anxiety. (laughs) He's like, yeah, this, we got to (laughs) move. Cause he's always said like, you know, if the house tells him to get out he doesn't care, he's sleeping the same day. Oh, funny. (laughs) Yeah. So, and then this last one, my, I I feel like my, my dad has just been surrounded by paranormal activity between like me and my grandma, who this next story is about, she was like full Japanese. She moved over here like to the United States after the Second World War. Okay. And obviously the like Japanese people are very, very spiritual and they have a lot of superstitions when it comes to the paranormal. Definitely. And I think it's because they have such a profound or honestly, Asian cultures in general have like a very profound like respect for ancestors that they have in the past. And like I will say this might be a little sad, but my grandma, when she was getting closer to her passing, she had a lot of weird, what me and my mom and my dad too, can only d- describe as paranormal activity. We, we genuinely think she was seeing dead people in our house. And like, we couldn't see it obviously, because we're not at that level of, let's say spiritual maturity mm-hmm. as she right. was at the time. So she had a lot of like strange things to say when we were towards like the last couple of years of her life. The first one, one of my uncles, sadly, he passed away as well. And she like knew and she was still cognizant at this time. But like, unfortunately, her dementia was kind of this is when it started to onset. So maybe this was all like dementia sort of hallucinations. I hate to put it that way, but just to give the skeptic side of the argument, this is what I've heard. But she, at one point after he passed away, not long after, she and my mom were eating lunch and like obviously in the kitchen. And she just like finishes eating. She puts her fork down and looks at my mom. She goes, okay, what do we do now? And my mom, (laughs) you know, thinking logically, is like, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to go watch TV? Or I can help you go downstairs and you can, so like that was some stuff. She was a big, like she was the same stress when she um, was younger. So as she got older, she still enjoyed that hobby. So she was like offering, you know, activities to do. Like, let's go watch TV or do you want to like maybe go sit outside for a little while? Do you want to go downstairs? And so like, what do you want to do? And my grandma cuts her off and she's like, no, what are we going to do with the body? And my mom's like, (laughs) what body are you talking about? And she goes, you know. And my mom's like, no, I don't. And then she just kind of like looks at her, gets up. She's like, I'm going to go in here and like watch TV. And my mom's like, okay, you do that because you're freaking me out. And then not long after that, this happened over the course of, let's say like, you know, several months and then it stopped. And then as she, you know, got closer to her time, she saw things a bit more, but we weren't sure, you know, what was causing that. This was still while she was, you know, with us for like the most part, if that makes sense mentally. So 
I'd say maybe like a few months later, she is sitting in her sitting area. We had like the main like living room, living space downstairs, but there was another like wing to her house where there was a mother-in-law suite. And then across the hall from that was like a little sitting area that she used to like watch TV and just like relax and stuff if she didn't want to be around my mom and I watching whatever it is that we're watching. And she's sitting in there and my mom's in there like kind of talking to her. And I come in a short while later and we're just, you know, watching a baseball game. She she was a big Braves fan. So she was watching that. And then she's like kind of like not really paying attention to it after some time. And she's kind of like laughing to herself. And my mom and I are like, what are you doing? (laughs) And she all of a sudden stops like giggling to herself and looks at us and she goes, where did they go? (gasps) And we're like, Taki, like we called her Taki. Who are you talking about? And she goes, the little boys that were just playing there. Oh, hell no. And my mom's like, (laughs) there are no little boys playing there but me. Because at this point, I will say this is kind of getting into the early stages of my interest in paranormal research. I wouldn't say that like I was fully understanding, but I did kind of want to know more at that time about like just this field in general. So I ended up asking her, like, what did they look like? And she was like, oh, like they're younger. Two little boys had like bull haircuts. And she described them specifically as being Japanese, which in my mind kind of translated like maybe she saw somebody whom we're related to. So like maybe, I don't know, like she she seemed to be like very like adamant of like this is what they look like. But yeah, after that, she just kind of went about her business. Like it wasn't any big deal. Meanwhile, my mom and I are like, what is she seeing? Like this is the second time in the last couple of months that she said something just like out of pocket, borderline creepy thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're like, okay, like that was strange. But again, early onset, not early onset, but just in the beginning stages of dementia. So maybe sadly to think of it this way, maybe, you know, there's nothing for us to worry about. But fast forward to Christmas of around, maybe it was that year, maybe it was the year following. I think it was that year, but I can't say for certain. We used to host like the entirety of our extended family at my mom and dad's house when I was growing up, just because it was a centralized point for people who lived in various regions, like reaches of the Southeast. So people were coming from South Carolina, Tennessee, people coming from Florida, stuff like that. So we had everybody there and everybody was like staying in our house. And my grandma pulls my mom aside and is like, Hey, where did everybody go? And my mom's like, no one's left talking. Like everybody's still here. And my grandma goes on to explain, no, like there were, again, she described them as Japanese people, but they were young women this time that were sitting in the living, like in her sitting area with her. And she, I guess, came to or turned around or whatever you want to call it and realized that they were no longer there. And that's when she gets up and comes into the living room where everybody else is and starts asking like where her friends had gone, where did everybody go? And at that point, my mom is like, "Uh, okay, Courtney, you deal with this since this is your area of expertise. So I had to like, you know, again, kind of like, you know, like, I don't know where they went. Like, I'm sure they'll be back. Do you want to come watch TV with us or can I help you get back into your sitting area? Cause she keep in mind, she was not in the best health, right? but yeah, it was like over the course of like that year or so, she just would come to us and basically tell us about people that she was sure she could see, but like none of us could. And obviously my dad was just like not having it. So it was really me and my mom trying to like figure it out for her and explain, you might be seeing somebody from the other side. Cause she also believed in ghosts and stuff like that. But yeah, obviously my childhood and my grandma's latter years were 
a bit more paranormally charged. Hopefully you get a kick out of those. I thought they were just like fun kind of random stories that I haven't been able to share anywhere. Yeah. My family has a lot of weird experiences over the years. Well, and it's funny, like a couple of the things that you were talking about with your grandma's story resonated. My mom passed from leukemia when she was 32. I was sorry. Oh, thank you. I was like 14 or 15 when she passed. I can't remember exactly. One time we were sitting in the kitchen and mind you, at that point, she was on quite a bit. I think at that point she was on morphine, hit the button type thing. Yeah. But so she was in the wheel in her wheelchair in the living or in the kitchen and we were doing dishes and all of a sudden she's like looking at her hand and I'm looking at her and I'm like, what, what are you looking at? She's like, Uh well, what do you mean? And I'm like, what, what are you seeing? She's like, you don't see all the little creatures. And I was like, oh "Oh, my uh, God, I would have freaked out. What? What? She's like, they're on my hand. You don't see them? No, I don't, you know, but I don't stuff like that. And I don't know if it was hallucination from the medication or right. But it was like she just looked at me like they're there. You don't see them. And I'm like, yeah, and it's very matter of fact. Right. (laughs) So when you were saying there was a specific set of words that you said, I can't pinpoint what it was right now. But when you said that was how your grandmother said it was exactly how Mm -hmm. my mom mom said it and I was just like right I was like oh my gosh but like you can't see them like it's right there like just very matter of fact right. very calm it's like kind of going back to what I was saying earlier about the spiritual ego when you're a young kid you can't differentiate between living person and a spirit you don't have the full understanding of what a spirit is like right. you don't understand the concept of mortality. So how can you understand the concept of paranormal activity in the spiritual plane? Same thing can kind of be said for older individuals, unfortunately. I don't want to say say it like that, but for lack of better phrasing, when you kind of sort of go back in terms of your capabilities, in terms of, you know, mobility and stuff like that, sometimes it can be easy to fall back into those childlike like way of looking at the world. And I think that was what was happening. Like to her, these were real, I mean, and I'm sure they were real people, but like living people, but they weren't. And she was getting kind of a glimpse into this, into the other side of the veil. Right. Mainly because she's closer to it. And her mind is kind of, I forget the word, regenerating back. Is that the phrasing I'm looking for? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, she was going back to that state of her spiritual ego was a lot lower, like that of a child. Not that she was any less intelligent because she was a very smart woman up until the end. Right. But her, the way that her mind mind was operating was in a a higher spiritual state than like say mine was at 17. Oh, definitely. I couldn't see them and she could. My mom couldn't see them, but she could. And I think that's true for like a lot of people. Like you hear those stories about people who are, you know, in the hospital and they like maybe you've had like a near-death experience or something like that. And they can see people in their room. Mm-hmm. Like they're, you know, next of kin can't per see. se. Right. Can't see. And they're explaining it to people. And like, that's comforting in the sense of maybe you're not alone when you pass on. Like there's somebody to help usher you to the other side. Definitely. But also for the living and the ones who stay here after you're gone, it can be quite eerie (laughs) to hear those stories listening back. Yeah. So my grandma also suffers from Alzheimer's and it's 
Mm-hmm. It got to the point where she, right now we had to, my yeah. aunt had to put her into a assisted living memory care. So she still has her yeah. own apartment, but it's in a locked unit in a memory care. You know, it's in a long term care center, but it's yeah. so but she still has her independence of her own apartment and it's getting worse and worse. But before we moved her to that assisted living she had a fall. She was still in her apartment and we knew her memory was starting to go. We were getting inklings right. of it. And so anyway, she was at one of her neighbor's apartments and she tripped on one of their a rug or something and fell into the lady's closet. Oh, she shoot. got banged up pretty bad. So yeah. Oh my, my gosh, poor thing. Yeah. My aunt stayed with her for a week and then I went up and stayed with her for a week. And she wasn't able to sleep comfortably in her bed, so she was sleeping in her recliner, and I would sleep Mm -hmm. on the couch right next to her. And the one night, we fell asleep watching TV, and I woke up to her, like, trying to do some kind of gymnastics to get out of her recliner. She couldn't get the the foot part down, and I, like, jarred awake because I heard her wrestling around over there. And all of a sudden, she looks at me, and she goes, where did they go? And I was like, no. who, where, where did who go? And she's like, mm-hmm. the ladies. And I'm like, what ladies? You know, I'm like looking around. What are you talking about? Yeah. yeah just a little lamp on in there. And here she's like trying to like, she was barely able to move. And now she's like doing gymnastics uh-huh. to get out of this chair. Well, I ended up asking enough questions so it mm-hmm. wasn't anything supernatural. It was she was remembering the show that was on before we went oh, to sleep. Okay. But she thought that they were in her apartment. Oh, God. OK. But Well, I mean, hey, that might be what was happening for at least on some of the occasions for my grandma. But well, but it was the fact that I mean, still I drilled down enough to, with her because she said things mm-hmm. that triggered with me. And so I figured it out. But that uneasiness of what do you mean? Who? Where? What? You know? (laughs) So I'm not saying that that, you know, with your grandma, it sounded more to me because it was more Asian. She was always describing like Asian people and stuff where my grandma was people. I think we fell asleep watching uh, Wonder Woman or something. So she was like describing these you know, women that had these big muscles and stuff. So kind of figured it out pretty easily, you know, but your grandma was like, that was on TV. Yeah. After (laughs) she started, she's like, well, she had a belt and she had, you know, so at first it was very generic. She's like, she was really Mm -hmm. muscular. She had the thing on her head. I'm like, oh, oh, (laughs) oh, the TV, the show that we were watching. Yeah. And I guess too, like the, the stuff that, you know, happened with my grandma. I mean, I don't know what she was watching on Christmas, so who knows? But obviously, two you know younger boys are not going to be playing baseball for the Braves. So no, 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 definitely not. But it's just funny how even just with her saying that, though, even though it was like I just automatically went to who's in here with us because my grandma was one that she right. she did believe in the paranormal. She a little backstory. They had my grandma and grandpa had a son that died when he was seven years old. He crossed the mm-hmm. road to go play at his friend's oh. house and he got hit by a car 
and died. God, I'm so sorry. And so that's awful to hear. It is. It is. I could not imagine. And yeah. now that my grandma's going through, it's almost a blessing, which sounds really mm-hmm. may sound really heartless that she has dementia now because. You know, my mom passed, so she lost Mikey when he was seven. My mom passed at 32. My grandpa passed a few years after my mom. And then now my uncle just passed a couple years ago. And that was right when the dementia was starting to get bad. So at his funeral, we had to keep reminding her what we were there for. And so a woman who had five children is down to two. And, you know, she's pushing 90. So it's like it's almost I almost feel like it may be a blessing because she's living her best life right now. It's all about bingo and happy hour. And then it's the reminders. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully he's forgotten some of the pain. Right. You're right. And that is a blessing if that's the case. Obviously, there are tough roads ahead, but hopefully now she can you know, enjoy some peace. Yeah. She seems to really love where she's staying. And so she's, you know, things have to be reminded people that, you know, we were talking on FaceTime. I was on FaceTime with her. She was on my phone with me talking to my sister and my nephews. And she like looked at the phone and she saw herself down in the corner. She's like, oh, oh okay, I'm on your phone or, you know, and then she's like, oh, look at those cute little boys that are on your phone. Like forgetting we're like having a conversation. What was with, going on? Yeah. Yeah. Or she has uh, the A word in her room so we can drop in. In her living room. Oh, yeah. Okay. And anyway, so I'll drop in on in her apartment sometimes. She's like, look at you so tiny on the little screen. How did you get in that box? <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh. just little innocent things like of, that. Like adorable, though. Yeah. It is. It's like, But like you said, it's kind of that regression back to childhood. Yeah. Almost. So right. And it, there's an innocence there that I think it opens you up to like that sort of those experiences, because, again, to them, like it's not it's not anything out of the ordinary. Right. But for us who aren't with them, like I said, spiritually, like on that same kind of like understanding, level, yeah. it, it can be jarring. Obviously, and I think, yeah, she definitely had some strange experiences yeah. towards and those just, last couple of years she was with us. <laughs> I I love the casualness of it though too. Just where'd they go? Yeah, <laughs> where'd they go? Very like just obviously everybody can see them, but they just disappeared, right? Um, and it's just very matter of fact for her. Um, well, and isn't Atlanta? Yeah, she was great, but. Isn't Atlanta known to be super haunted as well? Yeah. So that's, I will say, probably a lot of the East Coast just in general is. But the areas that I lived in, in like the Atlanta area, were more closer. I say Atlanta because that's like the closest major city. Mm -hmm. And the metropolitan area is massive. But we were really close to, you know, the North Georgia mountains more so than we were at the city of Atlanta. One thing that like my husband and I, when we were living in that area, experience was that we just had like a lot of strange activity because we were so close to the Appalachian Trailhead. Oh, um, yes. So, so yeah, there was like a lot of stuff there. There's also a lot of sadly like Civil War battlefields there. So there's just like a lot of energy in and around that town. I don't want to say like Atlanta specifically is like really haunted, but like cities close by I've, definitely yeah, are. Like, I've um, heard that kind of like more of the, the little suburbs outside of Atlanta. Yeah, like the town of Ackworth. I used to work over in that area when I was in college and that 
town. It was so haunted. Like I worked at a vet's office and that vet's office was just like haunted, but like not by what you think. Like we don't know what was in there, but we had like our, the practice manager of this hospital, she was very, you know, freaked out by the paranormal and she always hated it when I brought it up. But one day she pulls me into the office and I'm like, oh God, I'm in trouble. Like, what did I do? She goes, no, look at the security footage. So we're watching it and you can see this figure going back and forth in like the um, hospital area. So the way that the the vet, vet's office was set up was the front office, which was where um, I spent a lot of my time doing like client service stuff. Uh-huh. And then you have the hospital area, which was like, surgery and like the exam rooms and like the the back part of the you know where we brought animals to you know do like nail trims or stuff like that like you know basic veterinary care that didn't necessarily need to be done in the room in front of a doctor or by a doctor right and then in the back there was the you know kennel and like you know play like daycare area like play place for the dogs so we saw somebody like walking around in like the veterinary like the actual hospital part like the middle section of those three areas that I just described. And she was like, that happened last night. I got an alert on my phone and um, I couldn't see anything. But when I came in and looked at it today on my computer, that mass is there. Like, do you see it freaking out? And I'm like, yeah, like there's definitely something there on this. Like, there's definitely something there. I don't know what it is. And of course she's like, well, I don't think anything broke in. And I'm like, well, you should check. But I mean, I believe you. I'm looking at it. So (laughs) weird stuff like that. Like just like little pockets, like all around Atlanta are pretty haunted. But like, I think there's one hotel in Atlanta that is, I forget the name of it. I want to say it's like the Ellis, but don't quote me on that. It sounds familiar. um, You know, that city... The city burned down during the Civil War. Like, it was completely burnt to the ground. So I wouldn't be surprised if there were more hauntings in, like, in Atlanta that, like, we just don't know about that might be in an apartment building or something like that. But Oh, I um, have a story for you. I (laughs) lived in this town in Minnesota. It's called Hinkley. Hinkley was, Mm -hmm. back in the day in the 1800s, I don't know how familiar you are with Minnesota, but Minneapolis and St. Paul. Not going to lie, not very. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Minneapolis and St. Paul are like the biggest cities in Minnesota. Right. Well, Hinkley back in the day was bigger than Minneapolis and St. Paul at the time. So it was back when they were doing all the logging and stuff like that. And so they Mm -hmm. were, you know, cutting down the trees, using the rivers and stuff. Well, I don't remember what year it was, but basically a huge fire moved through multiple cities and like just decimated a bunch of areas. And people were like boiled in rivers and oh god, uh, people were on trains You know, they were taking the trains out to try to get out of town and got caught in the fires and kind of like the California wildfires that you have. But yeah, back when people didn't have a good way to get out of town. And Mm -hmm. so they're in Hinkley, they're in the graveyard in the heart of town. There's memorial, big, huge memorial. And there's a bunch of unidentified people in this grave. Oh, yeah. And so anyway, I... That's a recipe for disaster. (laughs) Right, right. So kind of like a pauper's grave type thing. But anyway, so at one point I was like 19, 18 or 19. I was pregnant with my son and we were Mm -hmm. living in Hinkley and I was driving down the road at night and this fog kind of rolled in which wasn't wasn't uncommon because we lived by a lot of they breed fish to repopulate the lakes oh um like a a nursery 
or is it called a fishery? Fishery. There you I go. I don't know. So something okay. like that. They had a few of those on this road. So, you know, the water, the whatever. It wasn't uncommon for fog to roll in on that road. Right. And so anyway, I'm driving, but I come into this fog and this fog is almost like it's reflective. Like my headlights are shining back at me. And I couldn't see at all. And as the fog finally started clearing, I came out on the other side of it, or as I started going through it, got out on the other side of it. All of a sudden, there's a man on the side of the road walking. He has got a long coat with a tail, you know, like Mm. the the split tail. Like period clothing kind of. Yes, a top hat. He has a cane. What? He turned around and looked at me. And Courtney, he did not have a face. Ew. Oh, my God. Sorry. I, I don't know what I was expecting you to say. I, but like that just yeah. gave me goosebumps. <laughs> I was Ew. so freaked out. I did not stay at my house because it wasn't far from the mm-hmm. house I was renting. I stayed at my right. uncle's house for two weeks. I was that scared to go back home, and it didn't even yeah, happen. I don't blame you. At my house, it was on the road a couple miles no, away. Like, I didn't want to drive still, back there. <laughs> yeah, but and that's still so close that, like, who knows if it could like follow you back? Do you right. mind me asking, like, does that road by any chance have any known hauntings? I'm not sure. I really haven't investigated, you know, like dug into it, but so many people died in that area and there was just so I've heard it's a lot of people have a lot of experiences in that town but it was just so odd it was totally right it was total period clothing and you know honestly I thought it was just somebody that was dressed up you know Mm -hmm. he was just strolling down the road and as I went to pass he turned and looked at me, and there was just nothing. That's yeah. <laughs> that that is beyond. Like, I have no words other than like gross, right? <laughs> but also, what a cool story to be able to share people now. I mean, obviously at the time that was frightening, but right. like now, that's like really kind of an awesome story that you have. Like, thank you for telling me that. That's really definitely that's something. <laughs> it tri- I mean. It just triggered, you know, so, but I've got, I've got stories. I mean, like I said, I grew up in a haunted house and, but a lot of times I try to, I think about it and it's like, okay, did that's when I was a kid, did that stuff really happen or was it imagination? But it's hard. It is. It's hard because like I said, that one story from like way back, like my first kind of like seeing something, you know, I go back to that day in my mind all the time and I'm like I had to have been seeing like I had to have made that up like I was 10 and I was you know trying to sleep but at the same time who knows like that was a very real experience but it stuck with me for you know a while so right well and the thing that validates it for me a lot is my mom's friend had a daughter who was the same age as I was and we were in the same mm-hmm. we went to school together and stuff so her daughter spent the night quite often so right. she had the, she remembers these experiences some of the experiences that we had so that validates it for me but I'm like well did yeah. we but we were young so it's like were we just talking about it and then that's what I'm remember you know so I try the, to be yeah a, like the memory kind of was muddied by that right maybe, but I, I don't know. It's hard to discredit, it, but yeah, it's hard to discredit though. And when two people right. remember 
something like that. Right. And um, it's like same thing with me and my mom in our bed, like in my bed shaking like that. We can't, I still can't explain it. No. And like, we were both pretty, like, I wasn't quite an adult, but I was getting there. And obviously she was, you know, full-fledged right. adult. No, like, it, there's not, like, that to me was an imagination. No. Um, and I think her being there really gives some, you know, credit to it. And I think having, you know, somebody there for your, a lot of your experiences does, does the same. So. Definitely. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming on this yeah, was thank you so much so for having fun. me <laughs> yeah i had uh, honestly i had a great time and i know we have some stuff planned you know in the next few weeks to kind of collab more so definitely um, I'm, I'm just really excited to to get into that more but me for now too. i guess like thanks so much for having me <laughs> yes well thanks again for coming and everybody go check out hans cast i'm telling you the first time i listened to one of her episodes I binged them all, I think, literally in just a matter of a week. I could not yeah, stop and, uh, listening. You were so sweet for doing that. It's <laughs> so kind. I, um, my, uh, I really just try to put in, like, you know, try to entertain and, you know, make it not as... I want it to be as objective as possible. And right. I feel like it's really easy you to, do a um, great job to get that. into it. So you do thank you so much. I really appreciate job. it. You've been such a kind friend of me. <laughs> I love your show. I absolutely love oh, it. When I you. ran I out love of... y'all's show so much. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Well, we will let you go, or I guess I will let you go. Jeremy's not here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, tell him I said hey. (laughs) I will. I will. Well, thanks again, Courtney. Yeah, thank you so much. Have a good night. You too. Well, those sure were some good stories, weren't they, Tracy? Wow, that was such a fun episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. It was crazy hearing all of those stories i don't know if i'm gonna sleep for weeks i know i had a good time listening to them yeah they're gonna keep me up at night for weeks (laughs) there's some pretty creepy ones yeah i'd say we'll definitely have to do that again and we need your stories listeners we've started having a few people requesting some true crime stories And some other things, but we need your stories. Send them in to us, please. But with that, we have just a few little housekeeping items. We do have a bunch of crossover episodes scheduled in November and December. It's going to be so fun. You'll get to hear from Amanda from One Nothing Again, Courtney from Haunts Cast, You'll get to hear from Nisha and Buddha at Hot Garbage. You'll get to hear from Farah in the Conversation Cabin. It's going to be a good time. And we'll make sure Jeremy doesn't have to work for those. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also have a Friendsgiving special. So that'll be another bonus episode. We'll have to figure out, we'll probably have to air it on a different day because Thursday is Thanksgiving. Unless we just do it as a Thanksgiving episode. Mm. We'll have to we'll figure out the details, but we have another fun multi-person episode and we'll all be on at the same time versus individual interviews. And Jeremy, do you wanna share what your story is gonna be about on Thursday? Yeah, so our next episode is gonna be a story called Blood Track. It's a spooky story about a Bat-like creature. 
More details to come. And Jeremy wrote this story all by his lonesome. So not only is it uber spooky and scary, but it's got a comedic side to it. (laughs) With a lot of Easter eggs if you listen really closely. Ooh, Easter eggs are always fun. Easter eggs are fun. So if anybody knows what these Easter eggs are after listening to the episode, please share with us either on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, any of the socials. But other than that, do you have any other news for us? I think that's it, Tracy. All right. Well, keep on creeping on, everybody. Yeah, smell you later. Bye-bye. Love you. Goodbye. Love you. Thanks for hanging out with us here at Total Conundrum. Please make sure to check out our website and blog at totalconundrum.com. For news, upcoming events, merch, bloopers, and additional hysteria, you never know what will pop up, so be sure to follow along. If you want to show your support for Total Conundrum and gain access to all of our bonus content, please visit our Patreon page. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The links are available in our show notes. If you have any questions, comments, recommendations, or stories to share, please email us at contact at totalconundrum.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate the love. Keep on creeping on, mother cluckers.